Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 44 of Pop Culture Crisis. Yay. 44. I'm here with my co-host, the hockey-hating I don't uh, co-host of mine. I don't hate it. I said it might be a little bit dangerous because... It, introduce yourself first. Hi, Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. Who, I don't hate hockey. Her, I, I don't hate it. I just don't like the cold. And I just think it's a little bit violent. <laughs> Get this, ladies and gentlemen. My co-host, who's uh, she's um, planning her imaginary kids' lives because she doesn't have kids yet, comes to me and tells me how she just had her first went to her first hockey game. Blah blah blah. That's unimportant. She then says that she won't. She told her boyfriend that she wouldn't allow their kids to play hockey, but they could do MMA <laughs> because my co-host is is insane. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, but hear me out. It's because I'm in I can hear you out about how you're wrong. Well, like, I don't want a kid to be hit in the throat with a stick. But you're okay with him getting hit in the throat with a hand. <sighs> hear me out. Hear me out, bud. It's because they will know how to defend themselves. They wear pads. So does MMA. Like, certain sports, they can wear pads. But I don't know. I just... Because I witnessed my friends, um, I don't know if they're going to watch this, uh, Matthew and Andy. I know another Andy, surprisingly. Actually, I know like a million. Keep going. But um, basically, both of them got checked so many times, and one of them, like legit, at the end of the game, he got bruised right here. So he doesn't know if it's from his girlfriend or he got bruised from the game. So what you're saying is women are every bit as dangerous and hazardous to a man's health as sports. My nails are, but they got chipped off. Um, So... Well, one, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And two, as somebody who grew up in the state of Minnesota, I take very, very severe offense. You're a second Canada. I, Chill out. I take very serious offense to everything that you just said. Well, it's because I play summer sports. I don't play winter I sports. I played baseball, too. I played baseball. I played hockey. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Hockey was my preferred sport of the two. Mm-hmm. Granted, I, I did love baseball as well. Um, so uh, I wouldn't be so annoyed if your logic... Uh, well, because I'm just legit scared. They have nice shoes. Nice shoes. Legit thing. You read that article on Team MZ. One of the hockey players got his head severed off because he play, He was playing hockey. I don't want my kids to play. A freak accident can happen. You do realize that every time you get in that car, you are mm-hmm. way more likely to die driving that That's car true. than you would have ever that happening. I'm, so, I'm actually re- triggered right now. The only I'm reason triggered. why he's bringing it up because I drove a Jeep today. What? 
No, I, oh. I'm just, I'm here, I'm getting ready for the show, I'm in this good headspace, and then I have to hear this gobbledygook about how well, hockey I said, is bad. Okay, but then I agreed, I said, okay, we can pl- let them play up to a certain age, because I don't want... You can't then take them out of something they enjoy doing. Well, like, that's why I said, I want to put our kids in multiple sports and see what they like. And, and then, then hope that they choose something other than hockey. Yeah. You're going to be a bad parent. No, but I want... You're going to be a bad parent. Okay, hear me out. But I do <laughs> want them to learn skating from you and um, skateboarding from Andy. What I do is every bit as dangerous as hockey. I, I understand that, but I want them to learn how to fall from a building. Oh, hear me out. Hear me out. Because I want my kid to be like really agile like a cat. Okay, well... Hockey is a good way to learn how to be ex- fine. I, fine. I, I'm I'll just saying that if they if, if you let them play, mm-hmm. you can't then just pull them out unless they choose to quit. I know. That's why I'm hoping. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll 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 revisit this in however many years after you've actually had kids. This is all theoretical, by the way. This exactly. isn't even like a real it conversation. It is. Which is co- probably the most annoying part of this is that it's not even a real conversation. But Miracle comes in here, says this to me, and I I got I admit I got I got a little triggered. Well, it's because I saw my friend like legit winded, like he couldn't get up from the ice. So. That's sports. That is scary. That's sports. No. That is sports. That is so scary. I played tennis, and the only injury I caused another girl to have was hitting her with a ball You're on a the girl. back of her head. You're a girl. Bitch, what? <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, feminists. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Women's hockey is very popular, too. Uh, I mean, in Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, there is a very, you know, the the women's, if it's a gopher, like the women's mm-hmm. um, hockey team here in Minnesota, like the, not co- the college team. Yeah. Uh, very successful. What uh, um, division are they? Because I know I Penn know State, about um, about they're about division I don't know how one. the divisions are for, I don't, for, I don't know how, what it is for women's. Oh, okay. Well, Um, for Penn State, for both women and men, I searched it up last night. They're Division One. We'll go ahead and look up uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers Hockey Division. Yes. Um, So today, guys, we're going to talk box office. We're going to talk my final thoughts on Archive 81. I also have to talk to Miracle about her lying. Lying of what? She lied um, about about Archive 81. So I'm going to to further chastise (laughs) and berate her for that. Uh, We are going to talk about a casting uh, announcement that will make Miracle happy, which means not only did she lie to me, she's going to get rewarded for that lying, (laughs) which really, really upsets me, to be completely honest. Uh, And then... Then we're going to talk the inevitable demise of He-Man because He-Man is about to fail big time because it's moving. Uh, and then we've got Podluck. We got Johnny Knoxville. We've got Shaman King and we've got Pete Davidson. We've got all bunch of stuff today. Did you figure it out, Miracle? Minnesota, Golden Gophers. What division are they? Oh, that's why I forgot. I just put Minnesota University. Hold on. Minnesota University. It's, it's the Golden Gophers or the University of Minnesota. Okay, thank so, you. Um, University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. the national polls said they're ranking number one. There you go. Mm-hmm. The the Gophers. Uh, I don't know if they've ever actually won an NCAA, but they're always uh, they're consistently um, division contenders. Okay, I'll I'll let them play hockey, but I don't know because like I'm so scared of. First of all, you should before anything. This should be something that you and whoever you end up spitting kids out with. Um, this is be this should be something that you guys figure out together. Well, okay. Well, I said last night, fine. Okay. Fine. All right. Fine. I, I'm triggered, man. I'm, 
<laughs> I got, He's about to punch me. I, I got triggered by this one as somebody who like. And remember, I quit hockey to to skate full time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just shows you that it, even after years of not playing, it still uh, holds a very very special place. Do you want to go heart. to a hockey game with me? Because um, I think they have more hockey games. Uh, Maryland City College. They might have more games. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, she went to a game last night. She went to see Maryland City College. Yeah, and. And there, it was versus uh, Maryland University. Maryland University, they have a lot of pent-up anger. You do realize that hockey is the coolest sport because it's the only, at least in the pros, I don't think you can't do it in college. No, college, you can um, check everybody. No, not, not, any, that's not the point. You can check in, 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 mm-hmm. in, in uh, peewees. No, I'm saying peewees, that you're not allowed to. They consider it a penalty. Squirts. Well, if it is, then it's different from when I played. Then mm-hmm. th- those rules have changed. Uh, but that's not important. What I'm saying is it's the only sport in the world where at the professional level, you can fight to settle your differences. You are sanctioned to fight. That is awesome. No, thank you. It's, it's awesome. <coughs> I uh, I can't believe they don't allow checking in peewees anymore. That's no, like, um, so our friends, they have a younger brother who's like eight years old. And we... Like he was telling me, and like he said, yeah, we can't do checking because it's considered a penalty. But also, I think he might be in a club. That's why, like, um, they said no. The current rule allows checking in games at the Pee Wee level, eleven mm-hmm. to twelve year olds. In the end, we need to do what is best for the kids. Uh, yeah, it allows checking still. Well, that's for twelve year olds. He's eight. I just said Pee Wees. That's a that, that's a division. Okay. Uh, he's eight. So yes, no, you can't you can't mm-hmm. check at that level at that. Yeah, period. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, but ugh, it's it's like talking. To, I always forget sometimes. I'm a Californian. Yeah, she's like yeah, our brain cells are can, not. No, it's it's. Can mm-hmm. you really expect somebody who lives in that climate to know about hockey? Well, excuse me, excuse me. We have Big Bear. There, there's somebody playing hockey out there. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's um in, in these leagues, it's mites, squirts, peewees. That's Bantams, so cute. Bantams High School. That's so cute. I don't know about tennis players because I played. Um, so basically, I learned how to play tennis at second grade, and then I stopped, and then I played in high school all four years. Oh, miracle! And mir- miracle somehow translates like, well, nobody gets hurt playing tennis. I'm yeah, like, you well, yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I pull hit- a muscle or something uh, uh, lame like that. <laughs> no, fuck you. I had. I have a scar still on my left ankle where I scraped my leg because I was like getting a ball by scooping it. Oh, boo-hoo you. I play in 100 degree weather. That, I will admit, is very, very difficult. I couldn't do that. Yeah, like basically um, there was one time we were playing in 133 uh, Fahrenheit weather. And like um, it was like a game. And they're like, ah, this suck up, women. And we're like, okay. Oh, no, you might have been right. They might have gotten... Uh, I, I was re-looking at this. Uh, this, uh, this. Look at me, camera. There's a... I was right about something. Uh, the, there might be a ban on it in Pee-wee... Or in, yeah, in Pee-wee's uh, here, but that's Canada. I don't know if the same rules... It's the um, same thing in Maryland. But I'm, we're not talking about 8-year-olds. I'm talking about 11 to 12-year-olds. I'm looking it up right now. <sighs> I love it how we're talking. About Has nothing to do with. Uh, oh, n- uh, also, let me go on the flow. We're also talking about He-Man going to Sony. I mean, Sony to Netflix, and then for Podluck, we're going to talk li- about. I listed it all. Oh, already. we did. Yeah, I listed. It I already. like zoned out. You zoned out. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, somebody would have to go back and it. 
uh, when I played, you could still check in Pee-wee's. Everything I found on mm-hmm. there was not America; it was all Canada. So okay. we're gonna go. We're just gonna we're gonna drop it here. Miracle's wrong. She should let her kids play hockey. Well, I said okay. Let it go, bro. I have let it go. Let it go. But other than this, how was your weekend? Um, it was okay. Um, basically, I went on the Costco run, and dude, dude. I'm still mad. Why y'all don't sell tuna frozen? It's gross. No, it's not. It's better than salmon. Like, everybody here apparently eats a lot of salmon. It's like somebody telling you tilapia is good. Tilapia? No, I say tilapia. Tilapia. Gross. I shouldn't know how to pronounce it because it shouldn't be a real thing. It's good. No. When you fry up. Brett doesn't like seafood or anything that swims in water. Because of a very traumatic incident with my father when I was very young. Oh, boo-hoo. He yeah. lied about ch- um, fish sticks being chicken nuggets. He did. He did. And I was, I'm still... I, I'm, I'm literally still dealing with the trauma of that day. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo. Okay. But yeah, um, also I made like this really good sauce that was made with different cheeses. And I mixed like a bunch of chili into it. And I got this very fancy sausage that has apple and gouda in it. Sounds it's, delicious. Yeah, it was like a chicken sausage, and I mixed it in, and it was like the most best. It's like the best thing ever. I just like cooking at home when it's like cold out, but my car won't start because it's cold out. That is that is sad. We'll get done with mm-hmm. this so you can go home and get your car situation figured out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just throw away the whole car, go like, buy time, Lisa's car. <laughs> time for time for a new one. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I say we just get right into it. Let's talk Yee. box office. Yee. All right, so... This article, as usual, for our uh, Monday show is mm-hmm. from Box Office Pro, and Spider-Man is apparently indestructible yep. at this point. It says, Spider-Man. weekend estimates, say what? Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spooderman. No, you remember the theme song? Yes. The, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. Spider-Man, Spot. No, I'm not singing. <laughs> uh, weekend estimates. Spider-Man number one logs sixth weekend at number one. Would have been seven if it hadn't been for that one week with mm-hmm. Scream, uh, with the Scream movie. Uh, with 11 million, most of any superhero title uh, MCU pick crosses one billion overseas. Mm-hmm. So it says over a weekend with no wide releases. This has been like a, a very, very... Put the... What? I'm checking something. The, the, okay, as long as you're checking something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, over a weekend with no wide releases, Spider-Man No Way Home easily retains the number one spot with the North American box office with an estimated 11 million, down only 21% from last weekend. Now, you know, I, I've mentioned a lot of times like how important mm-hmm. it is those, uh, that they keep those drops from yeah. week to week minimal. Uh, 21% <coughs> is really, really good, uh, especially we're going into week, what, seven now? Yep. Um, it, um, didn't we search it up last time on a different um, episode where how long movies are supposed to be in movie theaters? About 45 days okay. is, is usually the, from what I understand, I mean, you know, you can get a different answer from, te- you can look it up on 10 different sites and get 10 different answers, mm-hmm. but it feels like 45 days is about right. So six weeks, we're at about that point right now, right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're coming up on that 45 day mark, but if it's still number one, they're going to leave it in there uh, for as long as they can. And it says about four weeks on average, but um, some movies will run at least. um, So after four weeks, they'll run it another week. So five weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's I don't know how they wrote it. So basically how they wrote it on filmmass.com on average movies run about for about four weeks, at least at uh, 2000 movie theaters. Some films will run at least 1000 
movie theaters for another week after that so generally it's safe to say that movies will stay in the movie theaters for t- about two weeks then look at this right here mm-hmm. um it's spider-man is still in 3675 theaters mm-hmm. on week seven yeah it might not be up to date but that's what they're saying i thought it was 45 i thought 45 uh days was like it might be for bigger bigger films like this right mm-hmm. like the 355 just came out on pvod uh this week already mm-hmm. And Spider-Man's nowhere near that point yet. Yeah, other articles said four to five weeks. Yeah, yeah. so about that, that, that's about what? That's about, thir- that's about 40 days if you round yeah. up. So about 35, 37 to 40 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it says the Web Slinger sequel has now spent a total of six weeks at the top of the chart, surpassing Black Panther's five-week run at number one in 2018 to give No Way Home the honor of the most weekends at number one of any superhero or comic book film adaptation in terms of 21st century releases. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? 20- so some Something in the 20th century did better. Uh, they love these weird records that have like all these caveats. Yeah. Avatar holds the record for most weekends at the top of the domestic box office with a total of seven weekends. A total No Way Home doesn't appear likely to surpass given that two major studio releases next week. Uh, Jackass Forever and Moonfall are slated to drop next weekend. So mm. I would guess that Moonfall... I, I was I had a, a bit when we were talking about new releases coming up before where I said maybe we're coming into an age where like disaster movies will become fashionable again. Yeah. I don't see a lot of buzz around this movie. Uh, I, I go through a lot of these websites when I'm you know researching stuff that we're going to talk about, and I've seen a couple of like decently written articles about mm-hmm. Moonfall, but nothing that I would classify as like extremely motivating to say yeah. that it's going to that it's going to do big numbers uh, later this week what i might do is because the same site does box office projections Mm -hmm. for the coming week i might cover and see what they're going to project for that week for that film you know for jackass forever and for moonfalls projected income in Mm -hmm. their first weekend but my guess is they'll still surpass spider-man just given seven weeks is a long time Mm -hmm. uh to be in theaters Uh, it says in any event no way home could still be on track to become the third highest grossing film of all time domestically not now, this is what uh, I realized that um, I didn't realize this last time, but uh, Odin from Odin's movie blog pointed this out. He goes, that's not adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. So if you adjust for inflation, it's, it's farther down the list. Uh, so it says um, uh, Avatar, which boasts a $760.5 million domestic gross, $749 million from its original run, mm-hmm. meaning that they put it back in theaters. Uh, clearly in its sights it is it all depends on how the MCU installments holds up in the coming weeks as major new releases uh, look to hit the mar- marketplace and we're going to come back to that in a minute here mm-hmm. so we're going to look at the list here so we see uh, Scream had a 40% drop this week that's pretty I mean it's only in week 3 but it's in uh, it's already in less theaters than Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. uh, it's in 3,518 as opposed to the 3,675 from Spider-Man mm-hmm. Sing 2 is you know you were the one who wanted us to see Sing 2 and I just yeah. I wasn't interested but that is doing really well that's at 134 million dollars uh in its sixth week of release, um, only a 17% drop for that. So like we can mm-hmm. see, the most successful me- movies seem to have those low drops yeah. from week to week. Uh, the 355 is uh, came in, what, sixth this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two, three, yeah. Uh, at, uh, it's a 4% change. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a 12% change, but it only made $1,400,000. Here's an interesting one that I found here. Um, yeah, if you look at the underdog, mm-hmm. um, uh, American underdog, the the you know the the religious yeah. film that we we've mentioned on several occasions, the football film, yeah, for exactly. Other people, 
um, for religious folk. Uh, if you look at that in the Kingsman, look, there's only like a tw there's only like a ten million dollar difference in uh, in grow in like yeah. revenue, which is hard to believe given that uh, the Kingsman is an is part of an established franchise. Yep. You know, on its third movie, it's a prequel. It's got Ralph Phineas in it and American Underdog, which got way less marketing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had Zachary Levi, yeah. but still, religious movies in general don't get the best rap when it no. comes to this stuff in Hollywood. So to see only a $10 million difference in it, I can't tell if that means American Underdog did really, really well or if that means that the Kingsman did poorly you know uh, i'm guessing that the budget was much much greater on mm -hmm. the kingsman yeah then in, in fact if you go to imdb can you look up the budget for uh the kingsman i, gotcha. I, I believe it was over 100 million but uh, i would like to know for sure what the budget on that one was and i believe as far as i remember there is no budget for american underdog right now but i'm gonna look it up Okay, we're searching live yeah. on air. Well, I I would like to know like uh, you know like where the profit margins in are for stuff like this. Yeah, see, okay, no, there so is no budget listed for. Oh, gross, gross. Yeah, no, no budget listed for. Budget? It go, if you go down past the details section, it's usually down there. Um, uh, past user reviews. Okay, there we go. Um, There's usually a budget li listed down there. Budget, budget, budget. Uh, nope. No budget? I don't see it. For Unless I can't find it. The Kingsman, right? Mm hmm Okay, let me I'll check it up. Uh the Kingsman. But yeah, that's really cool that um nowadays you can actually see how much money they spent on a movie. The Kingsman lists budget as uh gross gross opening weekend. No but I'm not seeing a budget for this nope. one either. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Usually that's listed uh on the on that part of the filmography, but let's see if we can find it here. Mm-hmm. Because it tells you how much money they made on the bottom. Yep. Hundred million for the Kingsman budget. Okay. And then American Underdog has no budget listed. So, but if you, but if we go back here now, the uh, the point was the Kingsman has only made uh, thirty four million dollars mm -hmm. on a budget of a hundred million. Yeah. How do they justify making a sequel from that? It's very very difficult. Uh, another thing here is Ghostbusters Afterlife still in the top ten mm -hmm. uh, at. It made seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars and only an eighteen percent drop. Further, and but that's eleven weeks it's been out now. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That's what that's three months. Yeah, uh, almost three months it's been out in theaters. So that one's trucking along and only again only an eighteen percent drop. So hopefully that means that we really do get that Ghostbusters sequel. That's like a, an actual sequel, and we're going to yeah. talk more about uh, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife comes back into play when we're going to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. the, that article you sent me about Shaman. Yeah. Uh, but I, anyways, so here's the, the competition. I, I went down here and I wanted to go through the competition that's going to be on track for next weekend, uh, which is going to be very difficult for both, uh, not Ghostbusters, both Scream and for Spider-Man to withstand. And that's Moonfall uh, from Lionsgate and Jackass Forever, which are both nationwide releases. Mm -hmm. The rest of the stuff coming out are all uh, limited release, either series or they're coming out to just a couple of theaters. I don't know what Book of Love is, but that's just a, it's a romantic comedy coming out on Prime. Ew. And then Through My Window, which is like a teen drama. Uh, so nothing that's all that... Um, those aren't going to be box office contenders. They're mm -hmm. just uh, streaming service stuff. So... Uh, if you could predict, let, let's take bets here. Do you think Moonfall or Jackass Forever wins next weekend? Jackass Forever. Think Jackass Forever? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll take Moonfall. We'll see what happens. Should we bet a dollar? 
Okay, I need to look for a dollar. If okay. I have a physical dollar, you'll have to find a physical dollar. Or yeah. f- I'll take quarters if you're. <coughs> I will say, and I will find a dollar and set it aside. Uh, so you. Say, I actually do have quarters. Take there, my quarters. There you go. We'll, we'll do that. So this should be interesting. I, I don't know which one of these two will. Like, I would like to think that just based on the fact that it's like a bigger budget movie that mm-hmm. Moonfall w- would, but Jackass Forever could be one of those movies that ends up surprising people. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia there. Are we going to watch both of them? That's the question for the audience. I would rather go see Moonfall. If I'm going to see it on mm-hmm. the big screen, I would rather go see Moonfall than Jackass. I'd rather see Jackass Forever. If I could watch Jackass Forever at home, mm-hmm. it feels more like you're actually watching an episode of Jackass yeah. rather than going to a theater to see the movie. Mm-hmm. If we went to one, I would rather go see uh, Moonfall. Well, but it's up to our boss, Tim. N- Which tickets he buys. No, we can get reimbursed for him, Ow. I think. Um, so then, But then February 11th, Blacklight comes out, and that's the one with Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Death on the Nile, which is the Hercule, Hercule, Hercule Perot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can never pronounce that. The Kenneth Branagh movie with uh, Gal Gadot and Army yep. Hammer, who is the man who must not be named now because of his... Uh, Creepy, creepy stuff that happened mm-hmm. with him. Um, and then Marry Me. I don't even know what Marry Me is, but it's a romance movie. So Ugh. I don't think I'm qu- quite exactly the target demographic for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are just in the next two weeks. And then the week after that, there's Dog, which did you know what Dog was? Nope. What um, is it about? I don't know. It says, untru- it says uh, here, I'll just search it up. Channing while Tatum. Who doesn't love Channing Tatum? Dog <laughs> is a buddy comedy that follows the misadventures of two army rangers paired against their will on a road trip of a lifetime. Army Ranger Briggs, played by Channing Tatum and Lulu, a Belgian Malinois dog. Uh, buckle into an, an into a nineteen eighty four Bronco and race down the Pacific coast in hopes of making it to a fellow soldier's funeral <coughs> Uh, a funeral on time along the way they'll drive each other completely crazy break a small handful of laws and narrowly evade death that sounds kind of cute actually mm-hmm. maybe we'll, we'll look for it we should look for a tra- uh, trailer for that but then of course there's the one you're excited about which is uncharted so which i saw the maybe the worst poster ever for a movie to i, I feel like i we don't i mean it doesn't mean the movie's gonna be bad mm-hmm. but it's so bad this uncharted poster that i saw today it's okay. Can you show it to the audience what you're talking about? I, I, I don't even know where. I, I, th- I think I saw it on Instagram, mm-hmm. the, the poster. But uh, So we're going to go see Uncharted, and we'll see. Uh, would you rather go see Blacklight, which is the... So Blacklight, it says, is the in a tense action thriller, Blacklight, Liam Neeson stars as Travis Block, mm-hmm. a freelance government operative living on the fringes and coming to terms with his shadowy past. Mm-hmm. It's a very Liam Neeson thing to play. Yeah. Uh, and then what's my other option? And then the other option is uh, Death on the Nile, which is the Hercule Poirot, but that's Kenneth Branagh and mm-hmm. Gal Gadot on the, it's like a murder mystery on, on like a yacht. Uh, but it's I like actually, a period. Pl- it's like a I period like place. Liam Neeson. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe we go see that. I might uh, might be cool because I bet you more people will be reviewing this one, mm-hmm. the Kenneth Branagh one. Might be cool to go see the Liam Neeson one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll probably be pretty cookie cutter, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I like Liam Neeson a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Gal Gadot a lot, and I love Kenneth Branagh. But uh, I have a feeling that this movie here, Death on the Nile, is going to get bad. A lot of people aren't going to be fans because it's got Army Hammer in it, and mm-hmm. he's persona non grata right now. Aww. So we'll we'll see if that affects how it comes out. It's also got uh, Don French, uh, Ali Fazal, Tom Bateman, uh, Letitia Wright, ooh, Black mm-hmm. Panther, Letitia Wright. So a lot of people in that movie. But we will see how that one comes out. Uh, Kenneth Branagh as a director is fantastic. So there's mm-hmm. every just because people are uh, don't like Army Hammer doesn't mean the movie will be bad. 
right? Yeah. So uh, it lists uh, Ridley Scott was involved in the production of this. He's probably just a producer if Brano yeah. is uh, directing. So we shall see. So we've got a lot. That it's kind of, I'm kind of excited now because we had a very dead January. Yep. It was just week after week of Spider-Man kicks this movie's ass and mm-hmm. Spider-Man kicks that movie's ass. Well, I said we can go watch Thing 2. Let's go watch Thing 2. And Brett said no. I just wasn't interested, man. I can't Come on. You I don't want to see like singing animals I trying just, to save a movie theater? I should have. We should have gone to see it. I, I admit we should have gone to mm-hmm. see it, but it just wasn't, uh, wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So it says... Uh, Scream again finished in second place with an estimated 7.35 million, down 40% from last weekend. The Paramount Requel, reboot sequel, oh, that's clever, mm-hmm. has a healthy 62.14 million through the end of its third weekend, which puts it 11 below, 11% below Scream 3 at the same point in its run. The meta slasher flick grows 6.5 million from 55 markets this weekend, bringing its international total to 44.1 million. So it's more mm-hmm. than made its money back by now. So we will see. Uh, out of all of those that we just listed for February, which one do you think you're most excited for? I'm really excited for... Uh, Uncharted, right? Yeah, you're, Uncharted. I, I feel like you're most excited for... Not to tell you... I'm not trying to mansplain your excitement, okay. but it feels like you're most excited for uh, um, for Uncharted. Well, it's because like also I'm not really excited for movies right now because January was a dry week for movies. Very bad. I mean... Historically, a very, very mm-hmm. dead month for yeah. for movies. And then there's Desperate Hour at the end of uh, February, which I've never heard of. It's, it stars Naomi Watts, Theo James, Christopher Sparling. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Philip Noyce. No, thanks. Uh, it says, um, recently widowed mother Amy Carr, Academy mm-hmm. Award nominee name Amy Watts, is doing her best to restore normalcy in the lives of her young daughter and teenage son in their small town. Mm-hmm. As she's on a jog in the woods, she finds her town thrown into chaos as a shooting takes place at her son's school. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, Miles away on foot, uh, Amy desperately races against time to save her son. Well, we'll see. So it's like female Liam Neeson. Well, I mean, it seems like more of a family, uh, you know. Well, we'll see. I, I don't, that doesn't, that one doesn't super interest mm-hmm. me, but... We will see. So I, I think uh, out of all of those, I'm probably most excited for Uncharted as well, just mm-hmm. because uh, Uncharted and then probably uh, Moonfall, because there's not really... And I, 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 out of all of them, I'm mm-hmm. more excited about watching Jack Reacher, the show. Yeah. Um, so. Well, that's a show we're talking yeah, about yeah. movies right now. Yep. But Well, thank you for keeping me on track. I appreciate that. Yeah, but um, I don't know. For me, I'm like Moonfall... I'm not excited for it anymore. I'm it, like, whatever. It could be good. It could be good. It you looks never know. terrible. You say it looks terrible. I think it looks like a like a, a mindless mindless good time, which I'm. It okay looks with. like a space snake, and they oh. claim a what? A space snake. Cool. Oh, I love God. it. I love the idea. Give me a space snake. I'm all about That's it. That's controlled by magnets, and it's just attacking things that are ma- um, metallic. So it's like, let me attack your ship. And they're like, run away because you won't survive because it might eat your suit because it has metal pieces in it. Sounds like the greatest thing ever. It sounds boring. <laughs> to each their own. Uh-huh. To each their own. It uh-huh. is what it is, man. Okay. Well, let's talk about something each of our own. Archive 81. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do our... Yes, this is... Uh, I have very mixed feelings about the show. Mm-hmm. First of all, um, I have to shame Miracle For a what? little bit. 
Miracle told me, and I quote, well, okay, this isn't a direct quote. <laughs> nope. She told me Samuel is unimportant. She told me the lady in the red coat was unimportant, both of which ended up being very, very important. <laughs> okay, for me, I was like, the lady in the red coat, she's not important to me, and Samuel is just a throwaway character to me. But he was important to the plot. I didn't ask if it was important to you. Sorry. I asked if it was important to the movie or to the show. Sorry. Um, you should have said it clarify what you meant <laughs> i'm joking yeah you better be okay i've got <laughs> notes i have so many pages of notes here all of which will You're end killing up killing so many trees they won't end up mattering because okay episode five th- this is my big takeaway mm-hmm. before i before anything like because like really the notes are just like a like a a, a starting off point for a mm-hmm. conversation the big thing here is that I think that this would have worked better as a movie mm-hmm. than a TV show. Yeah. First of all, and I, I don't mean to sound grotesque, mm-hmm. um, this movie, this, this show is almost all, te- it does a fantastic job of building and holding tension, mm-hmm. meaning that um, it's very, like she's moving around this apartment complex. Yeah. The music makes it very tense. It's very, very up in the air, you know, excuse me. Are you okay? It's very tense. It's very... But the, the tension is never paid off. Yeah. It's just tension for the sake of tension. Yeah. It's essentially like having sex without having the end, you know. No. The end. No, please. Explain to the it's, children you, what you mean. No. You know what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what this is like. Okay? And, and the one thing... The, the character who suffers the worst from mm-hmm. this is... Um, from this being a show and not a movie yeah. is Dina Shahabi as Melody Pendress mm-hmm. because the reason her character works in those first few episodes is because she has this warmth and kindness about her mm-hmm. that um, gradually gets stripped away from her. Yeah. So in the last four episodes, she's just uh, she's just um, worn to the edges of her personality. She's very, very uh, quick to anger. Mm-hmm. She's scared. She's scared out of her mind yeah. and she's angry and she's frightened. And she can play that role well, mm-hmm. but it's the it, it it seems like it builds up and then it just stays there. And I don't think that she is as engaging of a character mm-hmm. when she's like that. It's her warmth in the earlier se- scenes that draws yeah. draws you in, not <coughs> her as this terrified woman. Yeah, um, I think that the lead actor uh, was not given much to work with at mm-hmm. the end. And uh, for what he does do well is he has this incredible, which I mentioned before, his voice is really, really good. Yeah. Um, but he just doesn't get the, enough dialogue to really put that to good use. Uh, so the it's about a demon, mm-hmm. Kalego. Demon slash God. Demon slash God, Kalego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the women are, are the, it's witches that mm-hmm. are called the Baldung. Yeah. Uh, and they find out that Melody mm-hmm. is a descendant of uh, is Baldung, yeah, and that we find out that the woman mm-hmm. with the red coat who mm-hmm. just ran we should have known because she just mother. randomly appears throughout the show, yeah, is the mother of Melody Pendress. Who I just didn't like her character, that's why I was like, she's not that important, but she's very important to the plot, yeah. she's extremely important to the plot, yeah. Uh, uh, but in the end, so this is my big question. Uh, mm-hmm. th- now, there, there are moments of brilliance here, mainly in the way that it's shot, but like the exi- like the example of um, the PX, what is the camera called? The the the, the Fisher, Fisher Price, Price camera, one. uh, it's called like a PX 1000 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I have it written down here. Did you ever have that growing no, up? No, I, I did not. But that. Oh. But I'm. Well, that thing's like 
It's tiny. It's tiny. It's made for kids. Kind of expensive kids. Oh, also, I want to know what the hell happened with the mold. Oh, the molds. Uh, in the at, in mm-hmm. the in the stuff about attics that just yeah. ended up not being important. Right? Yeah. So basically, they said the mold only appears when Calego is around. Okay. So. So when Calego's around, like they consider it a blessing or like a curse, depending who you're talking to. But mainly, they said it was like a blessing, saying that Calego's uh, there to be there to bless whoever is trying to summon him. Okay, and it was a it was a Fisher Price PXL two thousand. Yeah. Um, the 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 best friend Annabelle. Mm-hmm. She's she ends up being a better part of it than yeah. I thought. She she plays more of a role. Uh, down the line, mm-hmm. um, I do. I did think it was funny that they somehow put them in, in a psych ward with windows. Yeah, that's never truly. I mean, I, I can't tell if that's supposed to be real or not. Well, maybe because they don't think her character is hostile. Yeah. In the show, just the the problem with the show is that it's tense, but it's mm-hmm. meandering. Yeah, um, it it really does take a really long time to get here. It says, uh, uh, I wanted to put up this article. I had this article pulled up last time and I ignored it. It says mm-hmm. archive eighty one uh, ending final plot twist. Experience. The ending sees Melody, played by Dina Shahabi, trying to save Jess, Ariana Neal, mm-hmm. from Samuel. Samuel is the guy that Miracle thinks was unimportant, but was very important. Eh. Um, eh. Melody was able to help Jess uh, until Samuel is turned. Uh, Samuel in turn grabs her. They also never explain, like, she, she cry, climbs across a window to get Jess out. Yeah. Why doesn't she just climb out behind her? Rather than uh, Samuel, then steps into the magic cloud. See, then it becomes about magic, and it's like it was so much more interesting when mm-hmm. you didn't know what it was all about. Yeah, there was no real way they were going to pay this off properly, mm-hmm. and they find out that uh, Virgil mm-hmm. uh, the, is that's the brother of Samuel. Mm-hmm. You find that out when the the drug addict. Uh, I forget that character's name. That that actor was great. The guy you played yeah, he's the, really good. The guy who played the the addict was mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, falls out the window mm-hmm. and you see him on camera. Now, I will say that the, the found footage aspect of this it works really, really well when it's done. Mm-hmm. But like in the episode, um, episode five is almost all melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see less of that because it's her actual experiences there. Yeah. And I really just was expecting this to be in the episode seven. The, the, it's the Iris. Uh, Iris is like baby crazy. That's mm-hmm. the, the descendant, uh, the one who kills the first uh, her uh, her servant or yeah. her her maid or whoever that they hire. Her um, do they still use the term with lady and waiting whatever? It's I, her handmaid. Yeah, uh, I thought that the the best friend was going to have was going to be part of the twist. I thought yeah. he was going to be a bad guy. No. The also they did a fantastic job of making that guy look uh, like he's fat and he's yeah. not. <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe he was when he did the role, but he, he's definitely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. The, they did the same with um, Melody. Like, mm-hmm. in a way, she looks... They make her look very plain. Yeah. But that actress is absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting how they have to, like, take them in and, like, okay, we have to find a way to make it look like life has just been hitting you at 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So the makeup, the hair, the, the like, the, the, the costume design is really, really good mm-hmm. in the show. Like, uh... Um, uh, Daniel has this he's always wearing these really nice uh, like cardigans as, yeah. as a fellow cardigan wearer I, I truly appreciate that mm-hmm. um, so I love the environment the the entirety of the show feels very real to me mm-hmm. like you have to like think for a second like as she's doing all this in this apartment building you just yeah. think just leave mm-hmm. just get the hell out of there mm-hmm. so you have to really buy into the situation that she's not ju- that she couldn't just say like 
I'm getting the F out of here. I don't care what the hell mm-hmm. is going on. You have to believe that she cares enough about this Jess girl to go back and save her. Well, it's funny because in the TV show, like her Jess's mom intervenes and is like, dude, parent your own kids. This is my own kid. Yep. And like um, Dan's um, dad, what's his name again? I, uh, I I don't remember that. Doctor, I just call him Dr. Turner. Oh, Steven. Steven so Turner. Steven, he was like, really? Really, Melody, you took somebody else's kid yep. and parented it. He always looks very like put upon mm-hmm. whenever she shows up. And then he locks her in the room with Annabelle. I, yeah. I still don't know if that was real or not. Like, mm-hmm. what are the chances they end up at the same psych ward and then get locked in a room together? Yeah. Like, how bad could life be? I got locked in with my best friend. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, like the whole TV show was kind of a mess at then. Yeah, the the I think the biggest takeaway is that the it, they did not stick the landing, mm-hmm. and they absolutely did this to kind of they want to do a season two. Yeah. Um. I also thought there was going to be a connection between Jess and Emily Turner, Mm-mm. the daughter. Do- you know, the daughter because yeah. they have a kind of similar look. Yeah. Uh. But they ended up not doing that. Uh. Virgil Davenport ended up being somewhat more important, but not very. Like I thought, you know, I guess they did they did well with that because they made it out like he was going to be some big bad, but he's no. really just a dude trying to, you know, figure out how what, his dad, um, his like brother, his yeah. brother went missing or yeah. dead. Um, and in general, it just a lot. It was just very meandering. I would have liked to have seen more of the best friend mm-hmm. with the podcast. Uh, and more with uh, Annabelle, who I didn't like it. I didn't like the Annabelle character at first, and she ended yeah. up growing on me. But in general, uh, I, I think that will. I think they want to do a season two. Yeah, uh, that's the whole point of that whole um, ending. Yeah, the as whole soon as, ending. As soon as they cut to her, to Dan. Okay, so <laughs> what happens is he gets he has to go and he gets transported into the other world. Yeah. right to get Melody out yeah. with the help of uh, Melody's mother, mm-hmm. who is Baldung, mm-hmm. uh, meaning she's a witch who can contact. Uh, and what the other side is that Kalego's. Uh, Kalego's trying to get out of the other world yeah. and into their world, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, it feels ridiculous just explaining this. I love it. Well, it's just like, imagine Stranger Things, the upside down world. Yes. But instead of being upside down, it's basically the same world, but there's nothing touched, but you're kind of stuck in there. There's Elseworlds in mm-hmm. DC. There's Outworld in Mortal Kombat. There's mm-hmm. the upside down world in Stranger Ki- Things. Mm-hmm. Now we have the other, I bet you there's another other world somewhere uh, in media. Mm-hmm. But, uh, one thing that uh, I thought was that um, they definitely want to do a season two, mm-hmm. and so they're tr- so I'm trying to explain the situation. So he gets Melody out, mm-hmm. and then he gets stuck, but he doesn't get stuck in the other world. He gets stuck, stuck in, in her in, pi- um, time period in 1994, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. Yeah, unless I missed something, makes no sense. Well, to but me. it's because like Samuel like grab. I legit thought Samuel grabbed Melody, but I don't understand how. And, why didn't he Dan. get trans? Yeah. Now, does Samuel get transported back out with Melody? Well, they didn't show that part. Yeah. So that's what really yeah. confuses so me. He just disappeared. Mm-hmm. He's both, or no, maybe he's still in the other world. Melody is in 2022. Yeah. And then Daniel's in 1994. And the other thing was, as soon as I saw him in the bed yeah. and they showed the MTV, I'm like, mm-hmm. I go, I was like looking around. I'm like, I wish there was someone right here so I could make a bet of how they show the Twin Towers as their signal point for the fact that it's the 90s. And of course, mm-hmm. they show the window. Mm-hmm. And of course, you see the Twin Towers reflected in the window. Yeah. They just couldn't resist uh, the imagery. Very, very uh, 
for a show that worked very hard to be very uh, unique, I, I mm-hmm. thought they, I didn't think they needed to do that, but yeah. it is what it is. I get why they. Uh, you caught that part? I didn't catch that part. I, I knew that as soon as they showed the, the TV with like Kurt Cobain's death, I knew that yeah. they were going to show the Twin Towers because the show takes place in New York City. Yeah. They're never going to be able to resist the urge to, to do that. Um, I do think, I, I think that Melody mm-hmm. showed her. Um, uh, the uh, Dina, yeah. uh, Dina Shav- I believe that she did a better job of portraying the um, fear and the anxiety and the desperation more so than uh, Mamadou uh, mm-hmm. Athi per- portrayed it through Daniel Turner. Yeah. But I think also she's experiencing it in a more um, visceral, real way mm-hmm. with all the people around her, whereas Daniel is experiencing it with people who aren't quite sure if he's telling the truth, don't know if he's going He's nuts. watching it like... Yeah. He's yeah. watching it like firsthand on tape. So he doesn't know if it's just like all in his mind because you remember his best friend with the podcast where they interviewed somebody who claims to be her. And, and they're it wasn't like, her. Yeah. Was, and then there was the other, there was the, uh, in episode seven, uh, there was the, the guy, because Daniel sees the tapes with all, all the tapes that the, they have the other guy go mm-hmm. to Thomas Bellows is hired. He was the person who was at that compound yeah. before he was. Mm-hmm. And he gets driven mad by the tapes and yep. seeing Kalego. Like I thought the show was at its worst mm-hmm. when it shows Kalego in the screens. Yeah. And it's very paranormal activity. It's mm-hmm. very modern horror. I liked it better when they kept it, if this makes sense, in two dimensions yeah. and didn't meld the worlds yeah i get why they're doing it they're mm-hmm. showing that the, that the demon is trying to get out yeah but i just i didn't feel like that stuff worked yeah i didn't like that effect but then like when melody was um when daniel was looking for melody um uh, where Clego like jump scared her yeah i didn't like that part yeah that part it's like a hit or miss one, one thing i'll say is that this is a show that um could have been full of jump scares and it doesn't yeah. really do that. Mm-hmm. I'll give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. I do think that they built up a crap ton of tension with no... Like, it, it was directed as if it was a movie, mm-hmm. not as if it's a TV show. Yeah. There's no payoff in any... Mm-hmm. There needs to be... A, maybe this is just my opinion. There yeah. needs to be at least some emotional payoff in each episode to keep people watching. I Well, maybe that's what season two is. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Maybe we will see, uh, but we'll just go down here mm-hmm. at the end. So, so it says um, Mark comes to help, hitting Virgil over the head with a crowbar, mm-hmm. so that he doesn't stop Dan's plan to rescue Melody. Dan and Mark uh, then head down to the compound and find a replica of the visitor's basement. See, I didn't get that part. I was like, uh, I was like, is that the? Are they at the visitor? And then mm-hmm. I realized, yeah, they built a, a replica of it. There's a lot of. There's a great ode to like. Um, old film mm-hmm. and um you know all this stuff with like vintage fil- you know uh shot on reels and mm-hmm. all this. that stuff is great it's at its best when it's paying homage to these old types of technologies and stuff yeah. like that i love that stuff or how the mold grew in the tape deck mm-hmm. um that was fantastic yeah like, but those are the little things that i like the, mm-hmm. the little things that i like don't end up be usually being all that important it's just kind of extra details yeah. to fill in a story but that's the stuff that my brain tends to focus on mm-hmm. It says, Melody miraculously returns to the present day with her mom. Uh, You know it's written by Lad Bible because mom is spelled M-U-M. But Dan is shown in a hospital bed. When he wakes up, a nurse says that the staff was worried he would never wake up and been asleep for 10 days uh, after the visitor catastrophe. So uh, I really do feel like they're they're going for a a second season. Yeah. Maybe do a movie for the second one. I think they... I don't know. I don't think they would do that. I think they would, if they were going to do it again, they'll do a show. Mm-hmm. But I think that maybe it'd be better off as a movie. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what they did with like Heidi. So Heidi's like an animated show. They did two seasons, and then the third season they made it into a movie. I think that would be they would be better off trying to train to because there's just mm-hmm. so much extraneous stuff that doesn't yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would love to see them if they're if they're going to continue with this. And I don't know. I mean, it was it did pretty well for several weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that they end up doing that. Um, see, oh, look at that picture. Isn't that sweater? I want that cardigan. Can you buy me that cardigan? Um, yeah, I'll search it up now. There's literally something, uh, a site called Worn on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's still up and running, but they used to do that for, for clothing. I was like looking for a shirt that a character in the show Nikita wore <laughs> back in like... The it's still there. Worn on TV. I doubt they have Archive 81 on there, but they should because there's a lot of great uh, vintage clothing there. Mm-hmm. So I'll search it my general uh, question is then, uh, is this something that you would recommend to people and why? Um, if you... Okay. So we explain it to Hannah Claire. If you have a long attention span, yes, I recommended it because it, you have to commit sitting over a lot of time. A lot of time because again, each episode is over an hour long. Um, also, there was one. I think like episode seven was only like forty-five. Like one of them ended up being like way really shorter, short, and it was yeah. better. And it was better. Mm-hmm. It was better. I don't know. Like for me. Um, for me, it just depends, like, what type of person you are. If you like to do investigations and little Easter eggs, because there are Easter eggs in the background, like, mm-hmm. if you, like, watch a little bit more. And then... If you watch it more closely. Yeah. So we have to watch it again if you want. I'm not watching it again. I'm not either. It's, it's, I'm done. It doesn't... I, I'm not saying it was bad, mm-hmm. but uh, if you... Um, if found footage is something that you enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, if longer form storytelling is something that y- that works for you, mm-hmm. and you don't mind the fact that it's a lot of tension and very little payoff, yeah, uh, I-, I would recommend it. But I think that in a realm, uh, in a- in a world now where there's so much to choose from, yeah, I think it does itself a disservice by making making it harder to sit through all of it by making yeah. it that long and having that little of a payoff. That's my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I don't know, but like for me. It just depends on the person. Then what is your high? Uh, if you if you could list a highlight or an actor you felt was really good, the main actor, um, I liked his parts a lot. Dan, mm-hmm. Dan Turner, when he actually gets yeah. to do something, like especially Not just staring at a screen, mm-hmm. especially at the end where like he finds the black mold and then like he starts freaking out and like searching the yeah, whole. Yeah, he facility. excelled in those. Yeah. When, when he gets to finally deliver real dialogue and mm-hmm. not just talk at a screen, and he's got that deep. Very, very. I don't even know how to describe his voice, but it's very commanding. Yeah. But it's very. But he's also full of like anxiety. Yeah. So it's a it's a unique combination. Mm-hmm. And then for me, my least favorite character is the main actress Melody. No offense, like I love her acting, but like her character gets annoying at times. I, uh, on the other hand, loved her character. At least in the first five episodes, mm-hmm. uh, I felt that she uh, has a fantastic screen presence. She really finds a way to draw you in and make it feel plausible that someone's having this haunted building Mm -hmm. per se, a haunted building cult happen around her without her being like, just being like, I'm just going to go. So I felt that she did a good job of drawing me into the story and keeping me invested. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her stuff, like whenever something bad would happen to Annabelle, you could see on her face how much it pained her. I think she did a fantastic job there. Yeah, I I think the weakest point would have been um, the Virgil character, who I liked in the first few episodes, mm-hmm. but he ends up not being nearly as important as you think he is. Yeah. Because um, he's being played to be the big bad, and then there isn't a big bad. Yeah. Um, 
the Samuel character looked like he was having the time of his life doing this role. Yeah. But I just don't know if he had it in him to play cult leader. Mm-mm. Though I think he also plays, he played, it was him that played Charles Manson uh, in something else. I'm going to look at, I'm just, I'm curious right now. Brett uh, is on case. I am. Uh, was that him that played? Also Char- that, um, cardigan that you want somebody else wants it but they don't say it's on sale and the website that you recommended earlier worn on tv mm-hmm. they don't have that yeah. series on there they have you on there that's weird no like the, the show, show you show. Yeah. yeah um that, sh- that that website was fantastic back in the day <laughs> uh I, I don't know if it's that actor but he was there was an actor uh one of them that played like charles manson in several in two different things but that might not have been him i imdb quite a bit so i could be i could be mis uh misinterpreting mm-hmm. but i i felt like he had fun but i just don't know if he he kind of pulled off that role as well as it needed to be done to play like dis uh um true believer cult leader uh you know really charismatic i, I just don't know if it really worked Mm-hmm. So uh, if you've got the time, you can go ahead and watch it. I, I do believe that they want a season two. I don't know if they're going to get it. It did get good ratings, so we will see. Yeah, it did. So, Or at I, least according to you know, like as much as we can tell, it got good ratings. Netflix listed it as being very popular. Mm-hmm. So who knows if that's actually true or not. I love it how I search up Archive 81 outfits mm-hmm. and they show Oliver Tree, the singer. Oh, okay. There you go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Close enough. Okay, so now comes the part that pains me to no end. After triggering Jason me, Momoa! After triggering me yes. about hockey, Miracle gets a reward by finding out that the Fast and the Furious might mm-hmm. include Jason Momoa. Sorry, that was really unusually loud when I said his name. Yes, it was. <laughs> the Fast and the Furious series might be adding a massive DC star as a villain. The Fast and the Furious franchise, and this is from Cinema Blend. Mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious franchise has done an excellent job over the years at adding a famous, uh, adding a famous face to the mix, usually to play a foil to Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto. The Rock, Jason Statham, and John Cena have all stepped up to the mic to play the franchise heel. I, I do think it's funny that like. John Cena, I believe, plays like Dominic's like long lost brother. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa looks like Don looks more like Vin Diesel than The Rock or yeah. than, than John Cena does. Um, uh, now the <laughs> now we are hearing that the Aquaman star Jason Momoa could be the latest uh, action superstar to attach his name to the series, potentially in a villainous role. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Because from what I understand, like, I can't think of very many situations where he plays a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he was the he's usually plays a good between Aquaman. Um, Stargate I believe he played In Stargate Atlantis He was a good guy I I could be wrong I never watched Atlantis I watched SG-1 Um, In Frontier He was the lead character So he's a good guy Uh, But I don't think He plays a bad guy All that often He was Mm -hmm. Duncan Idaho In Dune um, Aquaman obviously So he plays A lot of different roles But it's usually As the cool good guy But he's got the look To play a bad guy He Mm -hmm. absolutely does He's got the He's got the long hair He looks like a Professional wrestling bad guy No he looks like A god Professional wrestlers Look that way They're all They're all Bodybuilders Mm, Sure Why not you're I'll wrong. And your sarcasm is noted, and I am again triggered. 
The Hollywood Reporter breaks the news that Momoa, currently in negotiations with Universal to, to join the 10th but recently delayed Fast and the Furious movie, going so far as to say that he could be poised to serve as one of the film's villains. Mm -hmm. This is intriguing because there are several other characters we are thinking that we think are going to be in the mix, creating problems for Dom and his family. They include Jason Statham and Charlize Theron, who are... Uh, that's weird because Statham is like, has been like re, uh, reimagined as like a good guy because yeah. of Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, and The Rock, of course, we did that whole thing where The Rock won't come back and, and do these movies with him anymore. Yeah. Um, the Both of who are still alive and kicking in dust, kicking up dust, and now Jason Momoa appears to be adding his name to the ever-growing roster. In his own report... In his own report... What? In his own... What? I'm so confused. Okay, all right. Uh, this, this is just a weird way to phrase a sentence, guys. I'm apo I apologize. Mm -hmm. In his own reporting regarding Jason Momoa joining the Fast and Furious franchise, Deadline's Justin Kroll uh, mentions the actor's history with the series, saying that he has flirted with the roles in the past, but not exactly for the main saga, Kroll tweets. Both Momoa and the studio have had an interest in him joining since... Uh, F-A-A-T, I'm guessing that's fast and... What? I don't know what F-A-A-T means. Nope. I don't know what that means. Uh, it must be one of the other Fast and the Furious movies that I'm not remembering the name of. Um, the funny thing is it was for Hobbs and Shaw. See, he, I feel like he's a better fit for Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Um, as like, you know, play like a super-powered villain like Idris Elba did in the first Hobbs and Shaw movie. Um... Jason Momoa makes as much sense as any other names that have been that have joined the franchise, and thinks and it thinks outside the WWE boxes led to the casting of The Rock, Cena, and Reigns. I forgot that Roman Reigns was in uh, one of the ones with The Rock in it. Not uh, not that wrestler. Oh, he was in. Uh, Hobson Shaw. Mm -hmm. Not that all the wrestlers are bad additions. They're actually fantastic. But Momoa belongs more in the class of Jason Statham for his seasoned experience in the acting realm and easily can hold his own alongside Vin Diesel when the fists need to start flying. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Charlize Theron is not exactly using the, mo <laughs> the majority yeah. of her acting talent to play... Uh, uh, neither is Kurt Russell. Uh, you know, they're not exactly excising their acting chops to play these characters it's very very um uh not corny but you know it's very mm -hmm. tongue-in-cheek the movies are designed to be very very um fun yes they're roller coaster rides they're not supposed to be great pieces of cinema and that's okay not every movie has to be citizen kane that is that mm -hmm. is for sure uh, it says, uh, keep in mind, though, that this is the 10th and reportedly final chapter in the saga, and, uh, and, and the saga is getting pretty clouded. Cr clouded? Mm -hmm. Crowded. As franchise staples Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese, Ludacris, and Sun Kang are all expected to return alongside Statham, Theron, Momoa, and, poss and the possibility of Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell, or Scott Eastwood, just not Dwayne Johnson, definitely mm -hmm. not Dwayne Johnson. I also didn't, I, did you notice I didn't see... Um, Jordana Brewster's name yeah. mentioned there. Also, I don't see... They got to bring back Jesse from the first movie. Yes. He still hasn't been brought back. He's like the one actor they won't bring back. What's nope. up with that? What if we find out that he was the big bad all along? <laughs> That'd be cool. Dude, that would be freaking awesome. The, in right, the end, right it. Dude, just big bad Jesse from... Because he was like a genius, remember? Mm -hmm. He's like, I was bad at like... He's like, I could do like math and shit. Everything else, I failed dropped out of school yeah dude what if he's just like a the big bad genius in the end mm -hmm. that would be incredible write it guys we need you guys to write that right you write it Je so we can make money yes 
Jason Momoa recently wrapped filming in DC's latest comic adventure, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Sadly, he's available to star in Fast and Furious 10 because he's not needed in Denis Villeneuve's Dune 2. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Duncan Idaho. Spoiler alert. Dang. Um, stay up to date on... Okay, so the rest of that's just sequel information. Mm-hmm. If you could cast someone alongside Jason Momoa, who would you put in there with him? Henry Cavill. <laughs> He would fit too. Yeah. He played a bad guy in Mission Impossible. Exactly. Uh, whatever the one was after Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like I, I could totally give him the mustache back. Yes. Give him the, mu- the, the, the mustache back and make lots of self-referential jokes to the mustache mm-hmm. and make Henry Cavill the bad guy. Or you can cast a guy who plays Sam and Dynasty on the CW. Okay. I have to figure out. You'll have to tell me who that is. Um, basically, he's a gay brother. Is he a main character? Yeah. Okay. Is this a 2017 show? Yes. Sam, 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 Sam. Sam Jones? Yes. Rafael De La Fuente? Yes. Harder to imagine them casting like a television actor in this role. But doesn't he look like he can be like the evil sidekick? He looks like he could be Jesse's brother. Maybe have him be uh, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ha- him, have him with Jesse. Mm-hmm. And then if we're if we're looking at the show, then, ca- then cast uh, Daniela Alonzo mm-hmm. as Dominic's long lost sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Brett, it's just writing... I'm I'm gonna write the whole movie myself. Yep, he's gonna write it, and it's gonna be glorious. It, it will be. So, like I said, Momoa, uh, he's in that show C, which I've mm-hmm. never seen. Go figure. Yeah. But I know that Frontier got up middling reviews for the most part, and I I never watched Stargate Atlantis, but I love Stargate SG One. I didn't see him in Baywatch either. We're going to talk uh, later this week about some stuff that came out about him and yeah. uh, Zoe Kravitz because mm-hmm. that's all awkward now because he is uh, he was her stepdad yeah and now he's no longer going to be oh, her no. stepdad but they're both in the DC <laughs> universe together mm-hmm. though technically the Batman exists outline outside of the DCEU timeline. Would it be funny if they started dating? Oh, what? We are in an era of. Decadent, yeah. It would. Yeah, I mean, she's closer to his age than mm-hmm. uh, than um, the woman he was dating, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I could see him doing this this role and doing pretty well because, like you said, he's big. He plays kind of the same cool guy in all his movies. Yeah. So just have him play cool guy, bad guy. Um, have him join up with uh, um, Charlize Theron. Yeah. And. Uh, I met, I didn't see. Um, no, they haven't made a second Hobbs and Shaw. They should make. I I still think he's better fit as Hobbs in Hobbs and Shaw too mm-hmm. as the bad guy. Yeah, make him the bad guy in Hobbs and Shaw too. Uh, and or then cast the guy who plays Lucifer for Netflix. Thomas uh, Tom Ellis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would work. Yep. he's good too. Uh, like and then Matt Ryan. You love Matt Ryan. I do. She loves Matt Ryan. Uh, I do. She's yes. also mad because um, they're not going to be using him in as Constantine anymore, <laughs> which makes her very, very sad. Mm-hmm. You can see the sadness on her face. But as somebody who had to watch her um, besmirch hockey, I'm okay with her sadness right now. I did. She kind of deserves it. No, I said I was fine with it. I sure. agreed with you at the end. Sure. Um. <laughs> I just think hockey is unusually dangerous. All sports are dangerous. Hmm. Lacrosse doesn't like it. Lacrosse is a mixture of soccer and hockey. Okay. And you don't really tackle anybody. 
okay. that hard. Okay. Well, imagine, well you, what if Jason Momoa is attacking you? Then is it dangerous? Eh. Exactly. <laughs> see, I know what you're thinking with. <laughs> um, I know. I, I see how you're thinking. So uh, I say cast him. I say cast him and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would. He fits perfectly in with that kind of uh, over the top, uh, cool but not necessarily auteur mm-hmm. uh, style that the Fast and the Furious movies have uh, have kind of championed. I also don't believe for a second that it's the last one. Yeah. Uh, over under. Uh, do you think that it's even possible that the the tenth one ends up being the last one? Nope. Still too much money to be made. Yep. Yep. So, who? Okay. Fast and the Furious 11. Who's the bad guy in Fast and the Furious 11? Jason Momoa. Again? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to hire somebody who's like a little bit bigger than Jason Momoa. Uh, as in size? or Yeah, size. Size. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who that would be. Get the big show. The wrestler. The pro wrestler. See? Get another pro wrestler. Wait. He, he's, an act, he's, he's an actor. His name is Paul White. No. What we... Is the Undertaker still alive right yeah, now? Yes, he is. Bring the Undertaker. Yeah, just get get uh, get. Just bring mar- all the WWE. It just make it a shared universe. Exactly. The the fast uh, the the WWF it'd be the WWF mm-hmm. World Wrestling Fast and Furious. That's so funny. Yes, uh, his name's Mark Calloway. The Undertaker. That's his mm-hmm. real name. So get Mark Calloway. Get the Big Show. Get uh, Kane, who is the current um, mayor of. Uh, what is it? Um, Bring Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy would actually fit mm-hmm. um, as a and uh, probably as a bad guy. Yeah, like get him like Bane level or Ma- or get him like Ma- he's a good guy in Mad Max. But also, um, I know you don't watch Riverdale, but you know the girl that plays Veronica on Riverdale. No, I do not. Hire I, her as a female. Is she villain. a star? Uh, yeah, she's one of the starring cast. What's the name of the character? Veronica uh, Lodge. Veronica Lodge. Let's see who Miracle's talking about here. It is Camila Camila Mendez. Yeah, hire her as a villain. She can do it. She could do it. Yeah, she could do it. Kidding me? The show has Marisol Nichols. Get Marisol Nichols. Okay, she fine. plays Hermione Lodge. Oh, I okay. I love that actress. Her character in that show is very annoying. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, she's a great actress. So she is, but I just. Don't like that character. I also love the name Marisol. That's just such a you don't you don't hear that name very often. I had a friend that was named that Marisol. Yeah, and her brother was named Juan. Juan? No, Juan. Juan. Oh, Juan. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I, Juan da- Lee, Juan. I I dated Amari, mm-hmm. who was short for uh, Marin, mm-hmm. and Amari that was short for Marisol. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you don't see that name very often mm-hmm. these days. So. No, I had this girl who was like one year younger than me, and everybody thought we were related because we we're both Asian, and her name was Marisol. So we just said we were cousins. It's like a. It's kind of like a. Cl- like a classic name. Mm-hmm. It feels very uh, old school, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So I say do it. All right, I want to talk about Masters of the Universe Yee. and how they're going to ruin it. No. They are absolutely going to ruin it. As you know, you know why? Because they're taking it away from the all-powerful Sony, mm-hmm. who has been doing gangbusters lately as far as like their work mm-hmm. between knowing enough to, to 
not make Ghostbusters 2016 canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, all the work they did to make so you know they're doing well with Spider Man. They're mm-hmm. doing well with Venom. They're giving the people what they want. They're not you know filling their properties full of uh, agenda and garbage. Yeah, they're just making good movies that are fairly loyal or at least if they're not completely devoid of agenda, they're at least. Um, true to the source material in as much as they can be mm-hmm. uh, without um, the industry getting involved. So I, I really think that this is the death knell for uh, Masters of the Universe because it says right here, this is from Deadline, Masters of the Universe live action Mattel movie heads to Netflix mm-hmm. after being in development as, at Sony, Kyle Allen to play He-Man. Well, we all know how great uh, Masters of the Universe revelations did. Mm-hmm. I mean... I can't think of anything more successful than that. Uh, I mean, maybe car crashes are more successful or, you know, yeah, no, no, there's mm-hmm. no uh, masters. Of the universe revelations was an absolute, uh, dumpster fire from yep. start to finish between the show being, which people for, uh, to be fair, when they titled it, Masters of the Universe revelations mm-hmm. and not He-Man in the Masters of the Universe. That should have been a clue that this was going to happen. Yeah. But uh, it became the Tila show. It had very little to do with He-Man at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess just the fact that they're calling it He-Man, maybe that's a reason to be pleasant about it. Yeah. But, you know, get Schwarzenegger. I'd rather have them get... Uh, they get See, right here. Get Jason... Mom- I mean, it looks nothing mm-hmm. like him. But get Jason Momoa to play... He-Man before you uh, oh, dye no, his hair blonde. No, 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 no. You know who you should hire to play as He-Man? Who? Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Get Dolph Lundgren. Old man Dolph Lundgren could mm-hmm. play He-Man better Wait, than... Wait, who played the original Hercules? Like the Hercules TV show? I don't know. Uh, Hercules or He-Man? No, Hercules. Hercules. Uh, I don't know who... Uh, let's find... You can go look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. Um... So it says Mattel's live action Masters of the Universe film based on the iconic 1980s muscular action figure is design is determined to live on. After being in development at Sony for quite some years, the feature project is now moving over to Netflix for a summer start. There was buzz about this some time ago, but Sony would not confirm then. The, ch- the rumor is now a reality. Sony, meanwhile, will keep the, f- the rights to the film in China. Adam and Aaron Nee from The Lost City remain attached to direct with a screenplay they wrote with David Callaham, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings and Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, the Wonder Woman 1984 thing is... Kevin uh, Kevin Sorbo. Yes. Yes. Minnesotan. Minnesotan, like me. Mm -hmm. Yes, Kevin. Hire him. Hire him. He's not that old. To play old man. He's pretty old now. Uh, To play that character. Dolph Lundgren is Mm -hmm. probably, is just as old as him. But so David Callahan. I just want him to be on TV again. I wonder if David. Well, he's a conservative, so they won't put him. Put Kevin Sorbo's. He's like uh, Dean Cain. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, yeah, they've been relegated to the to the uh, shadows because they're uh, that's dumb. Don't like, yeah, I know. Uh, David Callahan from Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, I, he wrote both of those. Those came out in the same year. Mm-hmm. But I thought. Patty Jenkins wrote Wonder Woman 1984. I guess maybe he did like a rewrite. Yeah. Um, Kyle Allen, who plays uh, one uh, plays one of the Jets in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, we won't hold that against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, will star as Prince Adam, uh, uh, or He Man. So it says uh, in Masters of the Universe, an orphan named Adam discovers he is a prince destined to be the savior of a faraway land and must quickly learn his, of his power and the importance of saving his true home from an evil force. Masters of the Universe is an iconic property. 
community that shaped the imaginations the imaginations of an entire generation of kids with the message of becoming the best version of yourself yeah. said Robbie Brenner uh, executive producer of Mattel Films with our partners at Netflix we look forward to showing audiences that anything can happen in Eternia we are continuing to unlock this global franchise in new ways and we can't wait to see Kyle battle it out with Skeletor <laughs> in the epic live action saga I know at one point one of the, the Stranger Things kids was attached to this movie mm-hmm. not Finn but one of the other ones uh, I am uh, full disclosure he-Man I'm, I was born in 86 so yeah. He-Man was more my brother's generation mm-hmm. than mine uh, I didn't have any strong attachment to it the mm-hmm. way that a lot of other people do but the the fact of the matter is this is kind of like G.I. Joe or Transformers the car you know the the comics mm-hmm. uh, or the cartoons they have very 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 passionate very 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 opinionated fan bases yes and like do. we talked about these things do not come with built-in audiences. They come with built-in critics. That mm-hmm. was that comment from that YouTuber that I always come back to. Uh, you're literally walking a minefield mm-hmm. and bringing this over. Like if they had kept this at Sony, I think there's Sony has had so much goodwill brought uh, built up mm-hmm. with the work they've done to make uh, just good films that are about the property, not about agenda. There yeah. would have been a lot more leeway given to Sony than Netflix is ever going to be able to accrue. That's true. Okay. But imagine this. If we did casting for the Netflix show to make it better. I want Kevin Serbos. And then for Shira, if they ever do a cameo with Shira, I want the lady who plays... Um, Zena. Uh, sure, Zena. But no, no, no. Who's the blonde lady with the accent? With the, like, the big bazungas? <laughs> I'm bringing that word back. From what? Um, she was um, on Two Broke Girls. She was like their... Yeah. I'm going to search Kat it. Denning? I don't think so. No, different one. Uh, she's the blonde lady, like foreign. Uh, Christina Hendricks? I don't think so. I'm going to search it up. You, this continue. Well, I'm saying these properties have the, you have built in critics that are mm-hmm. never going to accept it coming from Netflix because Netflix has done such a horrible job. Oh, Jennifer uh, Coolidge? Don't know her. She's the one that she started her career as a Playboy bunny. Okay. Well, I mm-hmm. mean, that would fit with the fantasy element of these shows. Uh, <laughs> I could see it. Netflix will never, ever do that, Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. They should have kept it at Sony. They should have mm-hmm. kept this involved with, with all, like I said, with all the goodwill bit up, built up from uh, Spider-Man No Way mm-hmm. Home, from Venom being just generally a comic book movie mm-hmm. devoid of agenda, and especially from uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, yeah. resurrecting an 80s property and turning it into something special the sony would have done a far better job of this mm-hmm. than netflix could have ever hoped to do so that's true masters of the universe failed as we know cowboy bebop mm-hmm. failed so they're doing it as a live action a li- as a live action mm-hmm. yep so i, well, I just they might don't. ruin it um the over under on this is very high that mm-hmm. it, they will fail that this will fail so it says last summer mattel and netflix partnered to bring attorney back in two series masters of the universe revelation mm-hmm. which is a continuation of the classic storyline from the 1980s kevin smith served as showrunner in which he decided to then antagonize fans and, yeah. and make it the worst it could have possibly been uh which was really it's literally the the michael jackson popcorn meme yep. watching that whole thing unfold which features an all-star voice cast mark hamill Lena Headey says uh, 
Sarah Michelle Geller, blah blah blah, and then oh yeah, they're doing the the they're bringing the voice cast back for the it was because it was an animated series, mm-hmm. not live action. So it says Mattel's Masters of the Universe was first introduced to the world in 1982 through a line of action figures. Back then, these things really were just created to sell for toys. toys yeah. yeah, I mean it's literally a Mattel TV show. Mm-hmm. Why does Mattel have a television division? Come on, shh. Just, just make, accept it. Just make your... T- I mean, that's why they make any of these things, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite is like looking back at like 80s shows that like things that have like toy lines that had no business... Like RoboCop. Yep. Having toys. RoboCop is like this super violent R-rated movie mm-hmm. that should <laughs> never have been marketed to kids. I mean, Batman really was marketed to kids through toys and those were all PG-13 mm-hmm. movies. Um, Doom. Uh, or not Doom... Uh, uh, what's the other ju- uh, dr- Dread like yeah, Judge Dread, Dread. yeah uh, <laughs> I love it mm-hmm. so in the comments it says Kyle he Kyle enters the chat if he's going uh, if this is going to be disastrous ideological mess that recent Masters of the Universe series on Netflix was no thank you in Masters of the Universe an orphan named Adam discovers he is a prince destined to be the savior of a faraway land and must discover quickly uh, how to learn uh, to learn of his power and the importance of saving his true home from an evil force. So Mattel does Moses. Revelations was hot garbage. Let's hope this turns out to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I bet you, and this is Deadline. So the fact that there's any negative comments on Deadline means that this is, uh, if, if we were up on like a, like, like a bleeding cool, yeah. the, the comments would be far, far spicier mm-hmm. right now. There will be no faith uh, in, in this coming out. So I, I will reserve Judgment, and also I mentioned uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren played him in, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, in Masters of the Universe live act in 1987. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, maybe that's like it's it's like burnt into my brain that he did that. So bring him back, bring Kevin Sorbo back as Hercules, and bring Lucy Lawless back as Xena, and just make the old person hero verse. Yeah, please. The geriatric mm-hmm. verse where old people play superheroes. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think they already had like on Adult Swim they had like a parody thing like that. Well they should do it in live action. They all have walkers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the Simpsons did. Of course Simpsons predicts the future again. Mm-hmm. What did wait, what did they do? Um, I believe one of them was like for their parody superhero for the Flash, it's a it's a granny carrying a, like a walker. And okay. she's like really fast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a, okay. Do you think that this is something that will succeed? No. No. That- no. Unless they do something funny, like how I told you about the Hercules uh, TV show. If they did something like that, maybe. Even then, I, I think, I don't think, like I said, th- this has a very passionate fan base. I don't think fans will take kindly to that. So. Well, I know like some of them were upset about the remake for like the cartoon, but nobody complained about the Shira one. Even though the Shira one, like, Oh, there was plenty of hatred for the, for Shira. Is it because uh, they made everybody a lesbian, pretty much? I, um, the the showrunner for that show was very very controversial. Mm. Um, I always forget her name, but she was a very very controversial opinion because it, it's that first inc- that first glimpse you saw of them taking an ex- an existing property mm-hmm. and um, stripping it of everything that was special about it and filling it with modern day. Um, agenda which mm-hmm. has nothing to do it, it doesn't do justice first of all th- the art alone is nothing like the original Shira because it's a different yeah. art style it's that very um, childish art style whereas mm-hmm. the original they're beautiful characters they're yeah. beautifully drawn mm-hmm. they're beautifully portrayed uh, and then you change that all for the sake of modern identity politics well, and they only drew it childish because it was meant for like younger kids but it, the original was not mm-hmm 
Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, but I, like, you don't need to dumb down the drawing style. But yeah. they didn't do that because it's meant for kids. They did it because of uh, they wanted to change the body type, the body yeah. shapes of everything. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I didn't watch it. I was never a, a Tila fan, or mm-hmm. I, was, I was never like a Tila. I, I was never uh, a Shira fan. Obviously, yeah, not really my thing. But like, I just know that the uh, the the showrunner for that show um, was very antagonistic towards the original fan base. Uh, I have no opinion on it, but I just know that this is all part of that same type of culture war type agenda. Yeah. Where and Netflix isn't going to do any better. Uh, I don't buy Ooh, that they're going to do. I don't buy that they're going to do any better with He Man mm-hmm. uh, than they would have done with those shows. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. So, um, I have. Uh, luckily, it's not a property. I'm. Like every time this happens to one of these shows, I think my lucky stars that it's not something I care a lot about. What if they ruined that? What? What's your favorite? Uh, franchise the heat heat is a they can't ruin heat heat is a movie it is a michael mann crime thriller. no watch them make it like netflix buys right to it and then they make it into a tv show that would never work actually it might it work, might work uh it might actually work, i just it, wrote them a million it, dollar it wouldn't, idea they would never do it because the the <clears> movie <throat> itself is uh is timeless but it lives and dies on the fact that it's Al Pacino and Robert Nero starring mm-hmm. that movie. They they wouldn't be able to do a TV show of it. Um, now, if they remade, uh, I, there's a lot of stuff from my childhood that I, I don't really like. Uh, I'm not as attached to as a lot of people are, but mm-hmm. I try to be as objective as possible when yeah. I do things. I try to look at the outcome, right? Like I don't really care what they did to Shira, but I understand why people were so mad. Yeah, I absolutely do. I so. I kind of liked it until the end because they were like forcing the idea that Shira and Catra were going to be together. Yeah. But they didn't say how they're going to be together, but then they hinted that they were lesbians. Yeah. So I was like, I'm done. And they, what's it, what is it they call that? And that's like, it's called like uh, queer, Gabe, bait, queer baiting, queer baiting. Where, where, they, where they talk about it, but they never actually do it. Well, they were only upset because have you watched the new Voltron no. on Netflix? Mm-mm. Okay. I actually liked it, but a lot I of. I don't watch any animation from Netflix. Okay. Well, I watched it and I loved it. But a lot of people in the fan base were upset because the main character, Shiro, the black, um, the black paladin. Okay. He was gay at the end, but they they said, "Why didn't you build up his story saying that he was gay?" Because at the end, the end credit scenes, they said he got married yeah. to one of like the other crew members, not the one from Voltron. It'll Different. never. It's never enough. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's never enough. And these studios don't do it because they actually care. They do it because it gets them uh, brownie points. Yeah. Uh, with these people that uh, find this stuff extremely important when it's usually not really all that important to the mm-hmm. storytelling aspect of it, right? Yeah. Uh, in uh, in the Eternals, there was all this press given to the fact that it's like the first uh, gay relationship in a Marvel movie. Yep. And we're all like, okay, cool, that's fine. But yep. then it's not really taught because that's what we, everyone knew this is what would happen. No one's, it's going to be like a 10 second clip. Yep. And then it's going to get back to the, to the regular elements of the movie. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. So I hate it when they use it, that when they use these elements for marketing, because it's very rude to, uh, you're using these groups as props. Yeah. And it's uh, disrespectful. And it's disrespectful to the original fan base, too, because you're changing mm-hmm. characters. Now, I don't know how relevant that is to Voltron. I don't know anything about that, that character's background, but I'm saying they mm-hmm. change characters for the sake of changing them. Well, Voltron, he wasn't supposed to be gay okay. in the original Okay, one. so so they're changing mm-hmm. an established character's backstory for the sake of a modern political agenda. Yeah. Uh, and, and people find that disrespectful. Yep. And then the group that they change it for find it disrespectful because they just touch on it. They don't actually make it an, an element in the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting over here like, 
like it shouldn't matter it's got nothing to do with the story i don't care uh who these characters go to bed with i care about the story exactly i care about the hero aspects of these things well that's what i liked about voltron because they didn't really they didn't heavily focus on like it shouldn't be the focus um well they kind of did with like um lance and Alora, like they kind of hinted that they had a crush on each other, but like they never escalated where they dated each other because, um, spoiler alert, so if you didn't watch it, Alora dies at the end, but she transfers all her like powers to Lance. Okay. So she will always be with him. Okay. And it's funny, it's like for these types of stories, all this stuff should be. It should be tangential. Mm-hmm. It should be just. It should be um, filler on the outside. Right? Yeah. It fills out the purpose of the character, but it doesn't need to be a major storyline because mm-hmm. these are hero stories. Exactly. That's what make, I love about it. Yeah. If you want to make stories where the relationships and the romance and stuff are more heavily focused, don't do it in this genre. Mm-hmm. Th- there was a video from Perch, uh, yeah. uh, comics by Perch recently. We talked about why don't they do more slice of life comics? Mm-hmm. Stop trying to fit these types of uh, storylines into something that has where the where that storyline doesn't really fit like nobody yeah. cares who captain marvel is s- sleeping with nope. when captain marvel's job should be to save the universe mm-hmm. right so it's like it, it's not that the genre is bad it's that the genre doesn't fit within the su- the subgenre doesn't fit within the genre that they're focusing on yep you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i agree fully but they just want to do that because they want brownie points. Yep, good market. They love mm-hmm. that. They love, which is funny thing because then it backfires because yep. the the majority fan base is like we don't care about this crap, yep. and then the people that they do market to tend to not really buy the properties because they're not really interested in the characters. They're interested in what they're turning the characters into. Now that might make them uh, excited enough to maybe retweet something mm-hmm. or post an article, but they're not going to purchase it. They're not the diehard fans that have been nope. you know loyal to these properties for thirty years. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> that should be our catchphrase. I don't know. Yeah. But we, we, we're going to, like, a big part of our job is to now watch Hollywood make the same mistake over mm-hmm. and over again. Are we allowed to, like, scream? No, uh, we shouldn't. Uh, we'll blow out the headphones. But yeah, so. Scream alerts. Well, uh, my overrun, uh, I just, I don't buy that He-Man live action ends up being good. I'm happy to be proven wrong, but we will see. Yeah. Podluck? Podluck time. Pod- Let's Pod-luck. do this. Okay. Johnny Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Knoxville left with brain damage after stunting Jackass Forever. Aww. I know, dude. Johnny Knoxville has revealed how he suffered brain damage from a Jackass Forever stunt involving a bull. The 50-year-old ended up suffering a concussion, a broken wrist, broken ribs, and lost cognitive abilities for three months. So at least from what I'm reading here, it's not permanent. Yeah. Uh, that is, you know, because... You know, if you're religious, I just crossed yeah. myself. Uh, speaking to Howard Stern, Knoxville confirmed his injuries and said, "Yeah, I got brain damage. I got a brain hemorrhage for that from that. So my cognitive abilities were in steep decline after that hit." When asked whether his wife ever asked him to stop, he went on, "Quote: No one in my family is happy with the stunts, and the bull hit was the worst mm-hmm. I've ever taken from a bull, <laughs> or maybe period." Wait, didn't they already do that in the TV show? I, I think that is what he's saying. He says the bull hit uh, was the worst one I've ever taken from a bull. That that implies mm-hmm. multiple bull hits, yeah, uh, or maybe period. Like I said, my cognitive abilities really declined. Quote, I remember taking some tests. The neurosurgeon said, do you have any trouble paying attention right now? I said, yeah, why? He goes, because of, you scored a 17 on my attention. That's out of 100. Yeah. So he was in 
rough shape after that. He went on to say, I laugh now at the time I was like, oh no, because you know, I had to go under all these types of treatments, Mm -hmm. this transcranial magnet stimulation, which they buzz your head with these magnets for about 30 minutes at a time for like, I would say 10 to 12 treatments over a series of two months. So 10 to 12 times he had to have magnets buzzed on his head. Uh, it's supposed to help with depression and help me with my cognitive skills. It was a tough one to come back from. I was trying to edit the movie at the time and I couldn't sit still. That's, dude, like, uh, with these types of brain injuries, depression is a very, very common side effect. Yep. I've hit my head multiple times skating. Um, See what I mean? Uh, luckily, uh, at least I don't think that I've suffered. Uh, I still have that fo- photo I've shown you of like when the first time I hit my head when I was 12, jumping yeah. this gap, and my friend took a photo of it of me past, like mm-hmm. literally knocked out on the ground. Yeah. And that's happened to me multiple times. Uh, I haven't hit my head in years. Uh, I'm pretty good at like, uh, if I fall backwards, yeah. uh, tucking your chin to your chest is like, a, it becomes second nature. Like you realize that you have to protect the back of your head. Yeah. I don't wear a helmet because of uh it's throw it throws off my equilibrium yeah also these days i'm just not skating as dangerous stuff as i now it's more about exercise than it is about stunts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but you know head injuries are no joke i mean there's been plenty of rollerbladers who have taken very serious blows to the head and Mm -hmm. have never been the same afterwards which is extremely sad um, so Stern went on to ask whether he would om- be open to, uh, now to explore with a therapist. Why are you so attracted to danger? To which Knoxville responded, yes, I can now go into it with a therapist. I knew going into this film that after this, I can't put myself on the line with stunts that will forever change my life. He didn't even need to do this, man. I mean, he's older now. Like No, but I think they do pay them a little bit more. Well, yeah, he probably makes return. A, a ton of money, but still, he's not uh, struggling. From I refuse to believe that John Knoxville is struggling. Can you look up and see what his net worth? I mean, these net worth things are very yeah. e- rarely ever accent, but find out what his net worth is. After the bull is, and he goes on. He says, after the bull hit, I'm like, I think I've done enough, right? I don't think I have anything to prove, and I still have control of all my faculties. I still don't need to do large. I just don't need to do large stunts anymore, so I can talk to my therapist about that now. I'm sure it has something to do with self worth. Fifty mil. 50. So this dude didn't, never needed to make the new jacket. Likely, I mean, uh, whether it's self-worth or it's just an addiction to adrenaline, some people, that's a thing. People mm-hmm. are very, very addicted to uh, the feeling of putting themselves in danger. I yeah. told you on multiple times, like sometimes when I fall and I get hurt, I like I enjoy it in a weird way because it makes me feel alive, alive in yeah. a in a weird, uh, painful way. Not, not the same as like I don't wake up like with pain in my knee. Like I've like the last week and a half, I've had mm-hmm. a bad right knee. I don't wake up and find that enjoyable. But actually taking that fall in the moment, you get this weird, almost perverse sense of enjoyment out of it. Cause no, it, I get it, what you're coming from because that's how adrenaline junkies feel. It reminds you of the stakes of what you're doing mm-hmm. and how uh, important it is to you know to you know to put when you're doing these things that you can't half-ass it and you have to put the effort in mm-hmm. um because it can be lead to very bad consequences if you don't uh if you don't you know if you don't do it right mm-hmm. so it's interesting to me that he but i can't imagine if i was worth his amount of money mm-hmm. that i would be taking those risks i wonder how high their pain tolerance is how high is your pain tolerance i mean that depends on the mm-hmm. uh, i don't find anything like when i fall i, I guess what is the that, that term is relative right mm-hmm. like there's people who are like when a doctor's like what is your normal pain level and i'm like what's a normal pain level and they're like the normal pain level is zero oh. i'm like 
I'm always at least like I use I limp a lot like yeah. on my right leg and I have uh, injuries that will forever plague me. But yeah. I've also done it for so long that I don't know what it's like to not be at least in some pain all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm only what 35, so uh, it is what it is. I, I don't know if it's really about pain tolerance, and I think it's more about. Um, for me, it's about being in control of myself in dangerous situations. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I'm just asking because like, um, imagine him getting hit by a bull so many times and he says this last one hurt him a lot. Yeah. Hurt so him the most. imagine that. And he did it at a time when he did not need to do it. Mm-hmm. Like even now, uh, just having a good job. I worry about like getting hurt and not being able to come in to work, right? Yeah. So this dude's got $50 million. You don't need to do this, dude. <laughs> you don't need to do it. He was like, no, nah, I need more money. I, I do enjoy how like this article is so like serious, but then you go down here and the next one's, the next article about him from the same site says, Jackass star Johnny Knoxville once broke his penis during yeah. a stunt, which is clearly supposed to be funny. Oh, okay. I'm assuming. Can Maybe he- not. Oh yeah, actually you can because like it can bend the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as the co-creator and star of the infamous reality stunt series Jackass, Johnny Knoxville knows a thing or two about awful injuries. But his worst ever was a broken penis. Yes, my friend, I am. I am crying just thinking about it. So I don't know. Just uh, I, I thought that article feel was that pain. I, I don't want to feel that pain, man. So Johnny, please stop. You don't need to do this anymore. Just Johnny, uh, you're you're old. Just pay for other people to do their stunts now. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do this. You're old, and also, I don't think... Well, um, because I had... I knew some people in high school that were doing the same shit as this. But instead, like, they were hitting the genital area instead for views on YouTube. Oh, man. Oh, that's even worse. Doing Doing it for money is one thing. Doing it for the likes is even worse. Yeah. I was like, I wonder... Letting somebody hit you in the balls for internet clout is maybe the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I was like... I wonder how long this is going to last until they realize, actually, I do want kids. Yeah, right. Oy. Let's talk Shaman King. Yeah, yeah, Do you, yeah. you want to read this one? Um, let me find it. Should be up there. Okay. So Shaman King finds a spiritual connection with Ghostbusters Afterlife. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Yep. So basically, this is from Anime News Network. Brett's favorite website to read with their horrible layout always Mm -hmm. to the left so basically this article was released um not not long ago five days ago but it says today's new surprise anime and Hollywood collaboration Sony Pictures has released a crossover ad between Shaman King and Ghostbusters Afterlife film Okay. Isn't that interesting like they're actually doing something like that they they realize how popular anime is Mm-hmm. And they realize how popular these genres are, uh, and they're bringing it together. So uh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep on going. Yep. I just wanted to make that comment. I read differently from Brett, as you can see, because I make frequent stops after reading one sentence. Okay. Um, the two properties do have some similarities. Both are popular and vintage stories about supernaturals getting in, getting a new release in 2021. Shama King is a new TV anime, and Ghostbusters is a form of Belated sequel to the 1989 Ghostbusters 2 film. Okay. Wait, I thought they had a third movie. The The third one, they had a video game that's considered mm-hmm. the spiritual third successor. And then they had the 2016 mm-hmm. one, which is not considered canon. Yeah. The horrible uh, whammon Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, okay. So or that one's called Ghostbusters Answer the Call. 
Really? Well, they don't call it the full name. No, they don't. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Come on. I'm so winded for reading. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. All right, go ahead. I'm just lazy. No, you read. Okay. Uh, In the ad, the Shaman King King characters recap the premise of Ghostbusters Afterlife and highlight the common themes between the two properties. Mm -hmm. The video features the voices of... Okay, you're going to have to... Is that Yoko Hikasa? Yes. Uh, uh, Katsuyuki? Mm-hmm. Katsuyuki Kanoshi, Kanishini? Uh, sure. K- We're Kanishi? People are going to hate us, but sure. Just read it like... Well, dude, this is why I asked you to read it. Kan. No. You go ahead. No. You do it. Kanishi? Yes. Okay. Well, you keep reading then. No. I'm not reading all these names. I'm horrible <sighs> at these. Oh, fine. Inoko Inoyama and then Migumi. Mi- oh, yeah. Migumi. Haya, ah, uh, come on! That's so many Haya A's. Shibara. That's so many A's. What the hell? And then um, Romy Park. Thank you. I can do Romy Park. <laughs> <laughs> I did Romy Park just fine. Uh, and uh, Minami Takiyama. Yes. Okay. Sorry, we the struggle of names. Well, we're not being bigots. I'm. I, one of the most annoying things in the world is mm-hmm. when people are like, people mispronounce my last name. That's bigotry. I'm like, my last name's Dasovic, and no one gets it right the first yeah, time. Yeah, I pronounce it Dasovic. Worth is da, uh, um, Dasovic gets said all the time. Mm-hmm. Dasovic. There's no Z mm-hmm. in that name. <laughs> the new Shaman King anime. It, like I said, nobody means. Ill will when you do when when you. I know, but names like, there's sometimes. so many people who are keyboard warriors that are like, oh, you pronounced it wrong, and yeah. I'm like, okay, get out from your basement and come here if you want to prove us wrong. Oh God, did you really just give an internet throwdown challenge? That was so dorky. Um, <laughs> I remember on uh, like when I when I was looking when we were doing Archive 81, I had yeah. to look up how to pronounce that lead actor name because Mamado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mamado, uh, and it, I, because I, like for us, we don't see names like that. Yeah. Like my name is the most basic name you'll ever. Miracle meet. is the greatest first name ever. Could yeah, be the greatest first name ever. And then my last name is literally only three letters. Yep. Sam. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. Okay, so the anime is adapting all thirty-five. Uh, or do we miss any paragraphs? There? No. Nope, you're good. The new Shaman King premiered uh, premiered in April of 2021 is ongoing. Netflix began streaming the anime worldwide on August 9th. The anime will have 52 episodes. Mm-hmm. It is adapting all 35 volumes of manga's new complete edition, which uh, Kadansha. Mm-hmm. Kadansha started publishing in print volumes in Japan in 2020. The first anime adaptation of the manga premiered in 2001. My God, those properties just have an insanely long lifespan. It's so they awesome. do because like um, you don't realize how big the fandoms are in Japan. Like legit, I remember I was walking to Akihabara, um, this famous mall. I'm, is it in Akihabara? Um, the famous mall is called Sunshine City. And basically, like, they have a bunch of, like, cosplayers walking around. But these old women, I'm only calling them old because they're older than me during this time. I was, like, 16 when I went to Japan the first time. And they carried, like, these see-through bags of their favorite character. And they buy, like, a bunch of merchandise of the same character. So people will buy it if, like, it's a good series. It's it's what it's all about, Mm -hmm. right? If it's a good series, they'll buy your products. They'll support it no matter what. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I, I love covering so I, mm-hmm. I hate it because I know so little about it, but mm-hmm. I love it because you have a passion for this stuff. Yeah, I love it when they do like collaborations like this. Yeah. I think it's so cool. Like um, on Friday, I bought a collaborations of Hello Kitty and Smushmallow. You know that famous pillow? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh my God, you can... 
<laughs> sorry, sorry. But you can buy it anywhere, online or in stores. They have it. And it's like these character pillows that mainly they do like animals, but like the fabric is so squishy. It's like a mochi. Like you're touching mochi. It's like a cloud. And we should it, give you a pillow podcast. <laughs> Miracles pillow podcast. Yeah, but I bought one because they did a collaboration with Hello Kitty, but like the theme was desserts. So I bought my favorite um my favorite character because he has the same name as my last name, Tuxedo Sam, and he's like a bowl of ice cream and he holds like a candy cane. Tuxedo Sam. Yeah. It's a great name. Yeah, and it's a penguin. It's a blue penguin. And you love it. Yes, I love it. It's so cute. Like, they do cutesy things like this. Like, another fun fact about Japan, any merchandise they have, for example, Monster, they'll have a ma- um, mascot for it. And, like, you support the mascot. And it's the cutest thing. And each provinces in Japan, they have their own mascots. So imagine Cali, their mascot is a brown bear. Yep, it is. I know, but that's on their flag, but they don't draw it. They should. They should. Because, like, um, I think the sodas would be a loon. Actually, What's a loon? It's a bird. Um, actually, it wouldn't be it, but it's uh, the loon is on, like, a lot of our state logos. Yeah, so that would be your state, um, state mascot. But I think it's, like, the cutest thing when they do collaborations for it. Because they actually, like, people will buy it and they will will click on it. Like, mm. um, I think Tokyo Revengers, um, they did a collaboration with a coffee brand. And you can get a limited edition bottle. Like, dude! America, come on! You can do stuff like this. The common loon, Minnesota state bird. Thank you. Yes, I had to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's your state. You should know fun facts about it. Well, I did, but I, I vaguely remember at some point, like somebody made like one of those weird fact things, like, mm-hmm. no, the loon is like on all this stuff. You know, that's not the state bird, but apparently mm-hmm. that, that that person was probably just bullshitting. So. Yeah. Okay. What's your state flower then? I don't know. Oh, I know California state flower. Weed. No, that's not a flower. It's a joke, miracle. <laughs> It's a joke. I know, but um, our state flower is the red poppy. Of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's It's for a different drug. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All drugs to you people. Okay, so like that's, uh, that is very cool. It's, uh, I, I like it when you get excited. Yeah, because I like, get excited because you're excited. Yeah, I get excited when you're excited. Yeah, We're just a weird old couple. <laughs> that, is, that is what it is. That's how Dane describes us. That's... Uh, pretty accurate yeah we're just so. an old couple that banter a lot yeah we, we, it's what we're good at mm-hmm. it's what we're good at but um yeah i'm just excited for things like this because like you know how much like they put a passion for things that are outside their media yeah and they try to promote it and then they're promoting their own stuff that's what i'm so excited about and i wish the u.s did stuff like that too where they did cross um, collaborations they do that with cars and then like food companies mm-hmm. but i want more no oh, well maybe we'll get more i want more we'll other more. than loot crate uh, which i wish we were sponsored that <laughs> M- miracle has these like shameless plugs for like trying to get sponsors that will never work i know loot crate is out of its like popularity yeah, already dude so there's a what i saw there was like posh crate or something recently mm-hmm. it's like it's like vintage it's like you get like whiskeys and ugh, so i don't i I can't drink as much anymore. I can't drink at all, so it doesn't really mm. work for me. So well, I just um, for me because like um, certain liquors like taste weird to me. It's be- and yeah, people are gonna make fun of me. It's because I'm not a heavy drinker. Why would they make fun of you for that? Well, because they're like you're not a true adult unless you know how to drink. No actual human being says that. Uh. Only only weirdos and yeah, losers. Yeah, that's true. So. Because like for me, I can't hold. Um, actually, I can hold my liquor. It depends if I ate that day or not. <laughs> okay, uh, we're saving Pete for tomorrow. 
Yay. Okay. So, all right, Miracle, why don't, before we go, why don't you share with everyone your social media so they know exactly where to find you and tell you that you're wrong about hockey? I said I agree. I'm kidding. It's a joke. But I don't have social media because it rots your brain. This is very, very true. But How, yeah. But however, you can follow me mm-hmm. on social media if you'd like at Brett Dasovic on Instagram. If you want to go to our YouTube channel, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe to the channel like the videos, mm-hmm. comment on the videos, yeah. and then go into the link uh, with the description box. Mm-hmm. has a link to the podcast for us, the full-length unabridged version on Spotify. It's got the whole playlist there. You can find the full unabridged version of Pop Culture Crisis on Spotify, on Amazon Music, on Apple Podcasts, and on Pandora. And we would appreciate it if you would also go follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, at popculture underscore show, and on Facebook, and on TikTok, at Pop Culture Crisis. Where else do you go to talk about this stuff? You can yell at us. You can yell at me for my take on He-Man. You can uh, leave comments and all this stuff. It's uh, it's good fun. That's what those mm-hmm. things are there for, man. Yep, and we do... Well, I do read them. Brett refuses. I me. don't read... I, I got work to do. I got work to do. Miracle reads them, and then she shares with me the, the good constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go through with it. It's good. It's, it's all in good fun. Yeah, because we love your... C- criticism and we love your positive comments too i uh i just uh i find it hard because to me i have like a a way i like to do this right Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to balance both the negative and the positives that Mm -hmm. people have and find a good uh middle ground Mm -hmm. um and you know you find yourself there so we're getting better next tomorrow is episode 45 yep yep and what we're gonna do for episode 50 that is a good question. I don't know yet. Well, we're gonna can we do a review on Disney's 50th anniversary. Maybe we could maybe do that. I mean, it's like a week away. <laughs> it's like a week away. But uh, tomorrow, Dane will be back. Yes. Me and Miracle. I don't know if Dane has watched it, but we are going to review the first three episodes Vox of the Legend of Vox Machina, uh, the show based mm-hmm. on the Critical Role Dungeons and Dragons YouTube channel, mm-hmm. starring the estimable Ashley Johnson, who yep. I love. Um, And we are going to do that tomorrow and we will be back with episode 45 and we will see you then guys. Bye. Bye. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.